Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to this welcome to this edition of Believe in Grizzlies. Today I have Amy Stigemeyer and Miss McCrennan. Uh, we have a lot to unpack regarding the Grizzlies, so let's get to it right now. Um, good news came out today. Vince Williams Jr. has been signed to a multi-year deal. Uh, Bismarck Biombo has been waived. So I'll get started. I think that's a good deal for Vince. Uh solidify himself in the lineup for years to come and that's going to help them uh, defensively offensively and I think it's just a good deal for the young man uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Miss McCrane um first things first is congratulations Vince I think it is more than well deserved he has really shown that he is a um a really defensive powerhouse you know and he's very young and he's fresh and I mean, he does whatever it takes to actually do this job, you know, and I think he takes it serious. And you could tell that there's a lot of preparation that goes into what he does. Um, and just knowing that they want him to be a long term piece, because remember, they didn't sign him to one year or two years. They signed him to three years. So they are really looking long term. And then. The flip side to that is that the Memphis got them, got him really on the low low. Because if you think about it, what he's doing now, some people are getting paid two and three times that to do what he's doing now. And he can only get better from here. And so I'm really, really excited about the addition officially to Vince being on this roster. Um, I am grateful for what um Bismack Biombo um has done for the Memphis Grizzlies. But I think long-term for what the Memphis Grizzlies were trying to do um, with Beads Mac, I didn't, I wasn't necessarily sure he was going to fit with what they were trying to do on both sides of the ball. And so I think that's why they made the choice to waive him. But I feel like the need for Vince was much greater. And so that's where I'm at. And congratulations, Vince. And I'm really, really happy for him. What are your thoughts, Amy? Um. I actually don't disagree with any of that. Um, I mean, he earned that spot this season just out of everything that he's done. And I'm not surprised that they converted his contract. And and really, I mean, like this is like Memphis got a, it like made out like a bandit in this deal. But, you know, folks are getting paid more to do what he does. But if I remember correctly, like it's, it's three years guaranteed and then a fourth year with a team option. Like that's. Yeah. Someone that's that, that, didn't, that didn't, you know, for, you know, someone who last season was just, you know, on a two-way contract, like that's a huge upgrade, but he's been, I don't want to, well, I mean, I guess irreplaceable is kind of a word for, for how he's been in the context of this season. Um, Especially given now that Jaw's going to be out, um, like they they need him. They need somebody with with his kind of energy. And you know, I I'm glad that we had Bismack for the time that we did, and he did what he did in that time. Um, I also 
agree that he's not really not really fit for their long-term plans. Um, but I mean, you know, he came in and, and there was a point in the season where a lot of what the Grizzlies needed was like warm bodies. And, you know, I used to joke about their starting lineup being, you know, three G league players in a trench coat, you know, for half of their starting (laughs) lineup, but that was kind of the truth. Um, you know, I mean, we had how many games to Jacob Gilliard start? Like, I don't know off the top of my head, but I mean, he, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that like he could, could get a full contract, but I feel like they really needed him. The ability to use these two way guys to like come in and give real value. And I think the other upside is whatever now that, now that he's actually on the roster, then however many games left is available amongst the the pool of two-way players that we have, those can go to Gigi Jackson if they feel like that's a thing. Whereas, Well, the Grizzlies have like a a spot open now since Vince has been converted. They have a spot open and Adrian Wojnowski says that um, they're going to use that two-way spot to sign a center. So that could be something they are looking into, but they haven't announced it yet what they're going to do, but they have a two-way roster spot open. But but even that is very specific because I was looking at something that Michael Cole was saying, meaning that they had to be a developmental player and that they had to be in the league for less than three years. So that's what they can pick up, period. Um, Mm -hmm. So you got to go back to maybe younger talent that you're looking at that may have a little bit of NBA experience, but, or, or somebody that maybe um, is in and out. And I've seen some names go around that um, people think, but I don't really know what they're going to do with that. Um, but it, it'll it be interesting to see. Right. Because there's 46 games left in the season. I mean, 45 left in the Grizzly season right now. So like two way player, you know, it's just like they can play 50 games. So I'm like, okay, well, like they get another player, that player can play for the rest of the season, basically. And really don't have to go to South Haven. I mean, they could go practice or whatever, but we'll see. But um, so now, since Amy mentioned it, we was going to get to that, had to get to the Vince Williams stuff about um, John Morant came out, John Morant. Um, Got to have season in the surgery. We know he's just coming back um, from the 25-game suspension. He's only played nine games this season. And I know this had to be devastating to him. Had to be, I mean, it had to be soul-crushing. But he has a really good team around him. His, play, his uh, teammates rally around him. In the organization, I just don't want him to spiral because basketball is his life. It was taken away from him those 25 games. He worked so hard to get back. Then he played nine games and now this. I mean, he's 24 years old. He's a millionaire. But I just don't want some, you know, this to mess with his mental state. Like, man, this is just, it's, it's just crushing. But I think the thing is, it's like now, he he he's able to be with the team. He's able to be on the bench. 
whenever he do have surgery, he's able to get be on the bench to be with them. He's out there, um, like Des said last, Desmond Bain said last night, he was coaching. I mean, it's just like to have him there that probably could help them. What are your thoughts, Miss McCrennan? Um, I do think it is very, very uh, critical for Ja to remain intact um, with the team. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they um, go forward with the whole surgery, um, with his surgery, um, and how long it'll take them to get uh, started or to decide what they're going to do and how they're going to do it, because it is about a four to six month turnaround. Um, from the time of, I guess, from surgery to um, total rehabilitation. And so, you know, they'll be on the clock. Um, so I think that'll be interesting in itself. But um, yes, you know, job being able to be around a team is going to be everything. Because I think that he feeds off, and from what I'm seeing, he, he feeds off a, a lot of the veteran presence that they have here. And um, I think it's critical for him to be around Dez and Jaron and Marcus Smart and uh, Derrick Rose because I think that helps keep him um, balanced. And so I think the idea that once he is has surgery and I think in about six weeks he has to probably sit down somewhere and then after that he'll probably be able to come back and do what it is he's going to do and be on the bench with, um, with the team. And I think that um, as long as that's happening and he's able to do basketball, talk basketball, I think – that we'll get the balance that we need for him and it'll really help him with his mental stability and just kind of staying even keel and not getting off track. Um, and um, that's what I think about that whole situation. Amy, what are your thoughts? Um, uh, the difference maker I think is going to be that, that now he's allowed to be around the team publicly. Um, you know, I know that they, they had said before the start of the season um, and, I guess this is a change from how they've handled athletes on suspension before is they'll still allow him to practice. They'll allow him to travel with the team, but he can't be, he can't do any public events. He can't, you know, he can't sit on the bench. And I think that that just being able to be surrounded by that, but also publicly surrounded and up, uplifted and, you know, having the organization and having his teammates, to be able to be there and show him and show the world, hey, this is our guy. We've got his back. Yeah, the circumstances right now kind of suck, but, you know, he's he's going to get the surgery he needs. He's going to rehab. He's going to recover. And he's going to come back, and he's going to be one of the most dynamic players in the league. And there's not – I don't think there's a whole lot that can really stop that from happening. I think these setbacks ultimately will make him – make him more passionate when he, but not that I think that he's lacking any passion now, but like, I feel like that's going to give him kind of an extra drive when he comes back because he's, he had that taken from him, um, you know, and it's in a situation like this. I mean, he, he had just come back. He was just starting to get, get in the groove of things. Like the whole vibe from the team, the players, everything is completely different when he's there. So to, just, you know, suddenly be like, oh, well, psych, no, you're not going to not going to get to to play and, and continue to do this. But at least he can still be with them. Um, I, I'm not sure. I know from what I read, the timeline for recovery on on that. Um, is it like varies. It varies. Yeah, it varies from person to person. But it's like. 
he get the surgery in January, he should be ready to go by, you know, October training camp, you know, because like they said that he'll be ready for the upcoming season. But I think for I think it just this all this happening that he won't take basketball for granted anymore. Not saying that he did, but it was just like, man, this can be taken away at the blink of a hat. I mean, it, it just be taken away just so fast. I definitely yeah, taken away from you, taken away from you, and then I think that's just gonna make him make him appreciate it more. You see, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to get down on him or anything like that, but no, I think I it's just gonna make him appreciate it more. Yeah, I definitely get where you're coming from, and I totally agree with that. I think sometimes when we have that realization that. Uh, you know, hey, you know, this could all change in a matter of moments from one thing, then you your gratitude and and your understanding the importance of the opportunity becomes really, really critical and important. And so I definitely agree that he'll probably foresee it like that in the future. And I all I can say is we could just put the league on notice and say, watch out. Right. And then um then again it's just like that that support system because it's just like I just, I just knew he was crushed, but it's just like, and then I, you know, I read the articles, you know, where his dad talked about it, um, his teammates talked about it, but it's just like, they just got to rally around him and just keep him, you know, keep him focused, you know, to let him know like, hey, this is not a season ender, um, you know, Jalen Brunson went through it, um, jo- Paul George went through it, Pascal Siakam. A lot of players, the players went through it and they came back better. But I know it's a case by case basis. But hey, I just want his mental state to be right because it's just like this season for him, man. It, it's it's been rough. It's been really rough. And then my thing about it is like when I found out about it, I just went into a state where I didn't really care about the games anymore about like is this season lose this I just wanted him to be okay that was my main concern wanting him to be okay because of all that transpired what are your thoughts on that Amy um definitely agree with you on, on as far as more concerned over him as a person and and how how that's going to affect his mental and emotional state as opposed to what this means for the Grizzlies and winning games for the rest of the season. Um, There's never, ever a good time for any injury like this to happen. I think the only maybe possible silver lining to this really shitty storm cloud is it happened at a point during a season where we know that they're not going to tank, but they also aren't really playing for a, like they're, they're not they're not playing for the play in and even if they could get to the play like I like I, I don't think that that should even even be a realistic thought for them not because I don't well think well, well hold up hold up hold enough. up Mm-mm. Mm-mm. hold up Desmond Bain um Michael Wallace said on um the Grizz Beach show today like Desmond Bain you know they've been they've been seeing what people been saying online about tanking or whatever. So what they're going to do is they're going to go out there and win every game as possible. If they make the play and make the playoffs, hey, that's what they want to do. Regardless of what people want to say or 
things of that nature, they see, and then it's just like, they just not going to roll over. That's just that. Yeah. They're not going to roll over at all. There's no quit in them. And then, like, we don't know the, about the Marcus Smart situation. We'll uh, bring that up later. But Desmond Bain, they've been looking. They've been watching what people say. They just don't want to roll over. over and they're not going to tank. No, you can't tank with two with two healthy all stars on your team. Like I don't, I just, I don't think it's possible. And those aren't watching them, seeing seeing them play. Like those are not the sort of guys that like they want to win. They want to win every game, even if, even if winning every single game at this point would still put them at like even if there was nothing for them to shoot for. These guys don't want to lose ever. So the idea that they would somehow acquiesce to trying to throw a game or, or, or lose more like that, that doesn't compute. Like that's not, that's not who these guys are. And that's certainly not just the, the level of competitors that they are. Um, and then set, and then setting them like, it's just like people just understand, understand like the games that you play, um, you have these incentives, that incentive or whatever that's tied into their money. So you just don't sit party level players, healthy players this early in the season to try to, you know, um, prevent injury. That's not feasible. Um, it's not, I mean, it's against the uh, NBA rules. It's in the CBA. They just can't do that where teams will get fined. So you just can't sit them. Um, I mean, I, you can put people in the rock, you know, you can like give Jake LaRavia, you know, um, shout out to Jake LaRavia. You can't get him 30 minutes a game if you don't want to win. But that's not what's gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. It's just like Gene Jenkins is tight in the rotation. And what they're gonna go, go do, they're gonna go out there and try to win every game. They're gonna put forth the effort. And I think well, we can get we can start talking about the uh, Mavericks game. You know, it's just like they um we found out about Ja on uh, the day before the Mavericks game. And then it's been reported that Ja, you know, talked to the team and told them to keep grinding. And then they went into Dallas and they beat the hell out of, you know, the Mavericks with Kyrie and Luka, you know, 17-point win. It should have been 20 if that dude hadn't hit the three um, at the end, but that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, um, what are your thoughts on that, Miss um, McCrenny? <clears throat> Um, so talking about the Dallas Mavericks game is like, whew. um, I told people and I tweeted this actually. And I said that when they beat the Lakers, it would be a turning point in their season. And the reason why I said that really wasn't so much that it had so much to do with the Lakers. It was the confidence that they could beat. um, because if we think about it, everybody last year, everybody kept saying that the Lakers bullied them. And even Jenkins said they bullied them. And so to me, to, to watch them bully the bully tells me that now they're going to play with a stroke of confidence. And not only did they bully them, they bullied them very bad. So I think that that was the hurdle to me. And I felt like once they got over that hurdle, we were going to see a level of confidence out of this team because a lot of it had to do with just the confidence, really, and what they believed they could do. And so I think what we're seeing now is not only just continuity, I think we're seeing a lot of confidence. 
And continuity and confidence can give you a lot of things. And so now we're seeing an increase in the effort. We're seeing increase in the confidence and we're seeing an increase in continuity. And when all three of those things match up and they pair together, you get voila, what we saw with the Dallas Mavericks. They were not going to lay down. And I think part of that is that Dallas thought, oh, well, you know, they're shorthanded. They're without jaw. They're without um, Jaron, they're, you know, they're not going to be that. No, 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 no. I knew that this team was going to come, uh, come to play. As a matter of fact, I tweeted earlier that day that they would get a win in Dallas. And, and the reason why is because for some reason with this team, they play the best when their back is against the wall. When they're facing adversity, they do things I never thought they could. And this was another example of that. Um, uh, it took me back to the Phoenix game. Uh, what last year, year before last, it took me back to the Bucks game when they beat them by forty, and they had nobody. This is what that team likes. This is what they like to All do right. when their back is against the wall. I've seen it time and time again, and so I was feeling certain that they were going to come out with a win. Go ahead, Amy. Um, I, I I'm fully going to admit that I actually kind of expected them to lose last night. I'm glad that they didn't. Um. You would think, given the news that they had gotten, that that you would you would see a trace of it of of being down, of being frustrated, and you didn't see any of that. And that's coming from they just beat the brakes off Phoenix and Dallas, both when they have all of their stars healthy in their houses. Like after they embarrassed Phoenix, and they did they did both of those without Jaw. You know, in in Phoenix, you know they had. Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Grizzlies were basically like, so, and, and they kind of, actually, no, kind of, they did the same thing in Dallas, and I think that is, I think that's the best second quarter they have, 39 points is the best second quarter they've had all season, um, the, the second quarter has been like kryptonite to the Grizzlies all season long, so it was, it was nice to see them get started in a rhythm and keep that going. And then right. and then like the second quarter, like um the three games that they won on the road, they won every last second quarter. All three games, I, they won every last one of them. Something that I didn't and I, I remember Pete said something about it not long ago. And I, I had a kept it in the, the back of my mind, but I guess I didn't really fully flesh that out until I, I saw this stat written out. Is they're zero and twenty one when they lose and the, when their opponent gets more rebounds than them, like, and they got damn near twenty more rebounds than Dallas did. And I'm sorry, Dallas needs like Dallas needs to go and sit with themselves over that, because um, there's there's a like Dallas should they were should missing feel they were they they were missing lively, um you know he's. He's a real threat um, at the rim for them, you know, defensively and offensively. So they miss him, you know, because the last time, you know, he had a career high in rebounds against the Grizzlies. So, like, you know, they miss him, but, like, their size is, you know, it's just like they didn't have really any shot blockers or anything last night. So the Grizzlies were able to exploit that, and they exploited that, you know, really well. Yes, they did. Um I can't really say a bad thing about about their performance last night. Like that, that, and Phoenix. Well, actually, really, no. Last night might have been might have been their most impressive win of the season, just because of what they did and who they did it with. 
you know, um, without Ja, without Jaron, um, everybody pitched in. And I mean, like, like all the, like everybody on the bench scored, I think. Um, I can't remember the box. I can't remember that. I, I've, well, everybody scored now. except Jake. Everybody scored except Jake LaRavia and DG Jackson. Yeah, but they only got put in for two minutes of garbage time. So I'll, I'll, I'll right. give them that. <laughs> like, right. what I, what's interesting to point out, though, is that I feel like in this game, we saw we had some big games, um, not only from Desmond Bain and uh, Marcus Smart, but we had a really, really big game from Xavier Tillman. He had a double-double last night. And so yes, ma'am. Uh, to watch X and, and you know what? And I think what helped them wave Bismack Biombo today is seeing what X could do offensively as well as defensively. See, the issue with Bismack Biombo is he could get out there and he can block shots, but he does not have quick twitch with his hands. And so he can't catch and he typically travels. So it's almost like every time he catches the ball, it's like he's in a state of shock and he doesn't know what to do with it. Well, so they were trying to use him as a hub at the top of the key, and they couldn't do that with him, which is why they kept bringing Xavier Tillman in there. And then they turn around and put Xavier Tillman on Kyrie, and I think Kyrie got pretty frustrated last night. And he, he did him every step of the way. And so when you got a guy that can do it offensively like that and defensively like that, then it's kind of like, eh, what do we need the other guy for? So I feel like that kind of bought into why they decided to wave biz for what they were trying to do. And I think that um, this, this Xavier Tillman that we got last night is very different than what we got toward in the middle of the season. So I don't know if he was injured or exactly what was going on, but I'm really glad to see it. Right. Right. Cause he, you know, he, he played really well last night and he wasn't, I mean, he was there getting no 50, 50 balls. Every time, you know, Xavier Tillman, Xavier Tillman, he was everywhere last night. John Contrast, he only scored uh, four points, but he had uh, seven rebounds, three assists. And, you know, it's just like, man, Zaire Williams played well, David Roddy played well. And then I, and I was thinking, like, when the Grizzlies were down without Jaw, it's just like it wasn't just because it was they was without Jaw. Luke Nara missed an extended time. Jake. Xavier Tillman missed some time. Um, Marcus Smart missed some time. And then really, basically, you only had, um, really, was uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and um, Desmond Bain. Because Jaron Jackson Jr. always said, reinforcement's coming. And he meant that. And then, like, Jenkins, it, it seemed like it took him too late to start um, using Vince Williams Jr., you know, like, like he was, but like since Vince been in the lineup, they've been winning and things of that nature because he make winning plays all over the floor. But hey, we just gonna see what you guys think um gonna happen. You think they're gonna go into trade that line? They're gonna come out because I think that if they do trade, it needs to solidify the future. This has to be in mind. They have to solidify the bench because. I don't think that they are championship worthy with the bench that they have right now. They they got they have to do they have to do better. You don't need another star, but you do need good role players. And I think they may need another veteran. 
What, what are your thoughts, Amy? Oh, um, I think either one of two things are going to happen. Um, they're going to, well, one, they're going to start valuing that their first round pick a little bit more because the, just what that represents now is, is completely different. Like they have the opportunity for that to be a high up pick. I don't think that they will make a big move. Um, I, if they could do something with, with a couple of second round picks and, and, you know, Jake or, or, or David or something, or like, I, I, I can't see them doing anything big. And you're right. They don't need another superstar. They, they need to solidify their bench unit. They need to solidify having strong role players. Um, but there's not like a, a huge market right now. I guess I need to look and see who's, like we don't have I don't think we have a whole lot that Memphis has a whole lot that they're willing to get rid of in order to to make a trade and they're not in they're not in so much of dire need of something that they have to do something big and overspend Um, they just need to get the right player to know what his role is and that will go out there and hustle every night it doesn't have to be a big one or anything like that, because, you know, like in the playoffs or whatever, it don't really be the stars. It'd be the role players off the bench who have, like, incredible nights. That, that's that's what they need. They need, you know, probably need some more dogs, you know, out there, honestly. But, like I said, you know, Zaire, um, I don't know if they're going to keep him, but I think they probably need to look into, you know, uh, David Roddy and um, what's his name? Um, Jake LaRavia. They may 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 need to do something with that and some picks, but I, you know, it's just like, just don't know. But Xavier Tillman, he's on an expiring contract. I don't know if they're going to keep him. Don't know if they're going to keep Brandon Clark and Stephen Adams. But they have options. But they, you know, it's just like their options that they have. It shouldn't be for this season. It should be for the next season and seasons to come. Well, I think that they will consolidate the bench. I think they have to um, simply because if you go out and you get a, a get a center on a, uh, whether it's two way or they're going to need a backup center, we figured that out. And so no matter how you do it, either you're moving on from somebody at the end of this season to get a, uh, to upgrade or, or they are going to consolidate this roster before the trade deadline and and possibly get a two for one basically like get rid of some extra pieces to have some some bench i mean some um some room and they're going to go and get um, a possible center. But one thing that the Memphis Grizzlies and Zach Kleiman are not going to do is they are not going to overspend. Um, That is something they're not going to do. And so um, you saw that today, even with the Vince uh, contract, he's not going to overspend. And so I don't, I don't feel like I worry about that. Um, I think if they do it, it's going to be a deal that makes sense to them. And that's just how they operate. Yeah, um, Amy, you have any more thoughts on that? Um, I really and truly, I, I I think they'll either just kind of run it back through the trade deadline as it is right now, or they'll try and do something with with one of the auxiliary with either um, 
Zaire, Jake or, or David and, you know, maybe some picks. But they, I don't think that they'll do anything with their upcoming first round pick. And I don't think that they'll do anything with, I don't think they're going to do anything with Brandon Clark and Steven Adams contract right now either. And I really feel like in my heart of hearts that Brandon Clark is going to come back and he's going to be that dude off the bench again. So. Yeah. And then like he, you know, he's really good with uh, playing alongside um, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. as well. But um, I don't know. So what 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 are you guys' outlook on the rest of the season? For me, I just want them to go out there, play every game, try to win it. If they get into the play in, that's cool because it's just like their uh, the possibility of them getting into the play in is based on the losing efforts of the other teams too. And this season seems just like the West is like a little little bit terrible, you know. But I do want them to um, play better at home. I think the the home fans deserve that. They're three and thirteen at home, eleven and ten on the road. That's mm, that, that's not right, especially for a team who had the best home record of the of the of the in the league last season. They need to play better at home. That's exactly what they need to do. Um, they got three games uh, coming up at home going to be tough games, but I just think they need to play better at home and just play better. They have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose right now. Just play. And then it's just like some teams, you already know, they can take them for granted and think, oh, you know, this is going to be an easy win. But, you know, like last night, I think they took them for granted. Think You know, it was going to be an easy win. But, hey, I don't know. Um, you can uh, share your thoughts, Amy. Um, I would really like to see them get back to being the 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 team that that nobody really expects. But then they come in your town and they smack the shit out of you like they used to be. Um, for the rest of the season, though, I play hard, try and stay healthy. And it's going to sound cliche, but I want them to have fun. Like I I definitely want them to play better at home. Um, th- their home record is is not great and and you're right the home fans do deserve more than but we've seen it at points earlier in the season where you could tell everyone was frustrated with what was going on nobody was enjoying what they were doing um and when they started to look like they were having fun more they started to win more so i i you know i want to see them play hard and you know obviously injuries are not something that you can control for but I think it would be wise of of Taylor. Of, like you don't you don't necessarily want to ride Des and, and Jaron for 38 minutes a game for the rest of the season. Like there's there's no point to that. But they they still need to go out and compete every game. And you know now that that they've started to kind of build that chemistry that they didn't have at the beginning of the season because there were all kinds of new guys that came in and guys that left. So they had to to you know all had to learn to play together. Well, now that they've kind of gelled in that way, you know, they can take that and build on that for the rest of the season and, and get to know how everybody plays with, with everyone else and, you know, take the confidence that, that they've built up over these last several wins and use that to propel themselves forward. Um, I think that 
in these upcoming three games, I, I think they'll go two and one. Miss McCrenna. I actually don't even have any expectations. I am I just want them to go out there and play basketball, roll the ball out, and let's and let's just see what happens. And and that's where I'm at because it, you know, when you you know, I like to set expectations typically, but they've had so much of an interesting season in terms of injuries and everything else. I think I'm at the point where I just want to roll the ball out and see what happens. So I really don't have any expectations. I, I expect them, they'll go out and play to the best of their abilities and um, just have fun doing it. And that's, I mean, I really don't have no expectations out of that, outside of that. Yeah. And, and like, for me, I was thinking like when, Jaren, Ja, and Bang played together, you know, uh, the games where they scored 20, 20 or more points, they're seven and one. So I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like the rest of the season is a confidence builder for Bang and Jaren Jackson Jr. where they can like be offensive threats. And then like, them getting that continuity, playing together, um, you know, like all the defense coming at them, at them, and they're overcoming that. And I think it's going to help them next season once Jog gets back. And the Grizz is going to be formidable with those three players, with all that confidence, because people are not going to be able to beat them. You have those three players, and you have good role players around him. I know people are saying right now, trade Marcus Smart, this, that, and the other. I don't think they should do that. He's a good pre veteran presence um, in that locker room, and it seems like he wants to be here. You know? So, um, you know, I don't have any expectations, but they need to go out, have fun, and, you know, just put on a show for the home crowd whenever they be back in FedEx form and just play their, pray their little hearts out. And then, like, if they do trade, they're going to have to, like, get continuity and chemistry with the new player. So it's going to be, and then, like, we can't forget, you know, Derrick Rose, he's injured. I don't really think it's a real injury injury. I think they just sending him a, or whatever, but I think he's gonna get back in the lineup. He's been really good. Um, and I'm I don't know if they're gonna bring Jacob Gilliard back, you know, since Jaw's gonna be out because um as we saw in the fourth quarter last night, Bang was really tired. They gonna need another uh a real true point guard. And I think uh Gilliard can be used and just we hoping that Marcus Smart is will not miss um extended amount of time with his finger because it looked dislocated or whatever last night uh, and and it's just like I'm just shaking my head at another injury. It's like this has been like the season for he from hell but if they keep winning they have a, a time to right the ship where it can be a fun season even if they don't go to you know um, to the play-in or the playoffs or anything like that. It can be a fun season you know, if they just go out there and just play their hearts out. Well, I, I appreciate had, you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I just had 
probably the craziest and, and yet most entertaining thought. I don't know <laughs> what it would cost in, in terms of of salary, in terms of guys, but maybe they could get Mike Colley to come back. That would be fun. I'd watch that. Why, why would Mike Conley come back and he's playing on the – he's a, the point guard for the number one team in the West? Come that's on. What, like, that's that's why I said it wasn't really necessarily a very reasonable thing. <laughs> I just think it would be entertaining. Um, but I personally would enjoy it. Um, I'm not going to lie. There, there's There's been a not small part of me that has missed the hell out of Tyus Jones. Um, it just because he is the epitome of, of, of role player. And you know what you're going to get with him. You, you know that, that he's not the guy that's going to carry your team as a point guard, but like, He'll come off the bench and he'll give you what you need. And Washington is horrible. I mean, we're bad, but like Washington's really, really bad. Yeah, um, and then that's my thing. That's my thing with the pick and tanking, whatever. You have like the lower teams that are truly, truly bad. And we know that Memphis is just bad due to injuries and other situations where it's a good team, and then it's just like the pick that they might get is, is just might not be anything worth having. Well, I know you can trade, you know, but it's just like the Grizzlies don't have to do anything, you know, at the trade deadline. If they don't want to, they can wait until the offseason. Who knows what they're going to do? You have any closing thoughts, Ms. McCrennan? Actually, I, I don't. Um, In terms of, I guess, what y'all talking about in terms of going to get a guard – Actually, I think where they are now, um, just use one of the guards you have. I mean, the other day it was kind of rough uh, watching that. Um, but I think that uh, it'll be okay. Like, I think you just – you don't go and you don't uh, go and get a guard. Like, I think you just use that. Your, your bigger focus to me is a center. Um, mm-hmm. If you get the center, then I think, you know, everything else, you you kind of just figure it out. Um, and I think between, um, uh, Marcus, Marcus and, and, and Bain, who pretty much been a ball handlers, I don't know if Derrick Rose will be able to give you anything because he's been on and off the bench. Uh, so it'll be interesting, but I think that, uh, that's kind of where, what they've done all season. And I think they'll stick to that. Um, so I think that's where you stick. Uh, with it in terms of I think the biggest need to me is a center and um, I, I I like to stay right there but in terms of uh, closing thoughts I think that you know the Grizzlies are you know honestly I really really like it it's been a very entertaining season and I think that you know um, you know perfection doesn't come without a, a, a diversity or adversity rather um, and so I think that what they're stri- striving for, the gratitude, the moment of gratitude, and by the time they get to the pinnacle of where they want to be, um, they'll know they've earned it and they'll be very appreciative for it because they've had to endure such hardship. And so um, I'm really excited about where this team is going, what they're going to do. Um, and even with all the stuff going on, I think that they're still performing under um, immense, pre- uh, you know, under immense difficulties. And they aren't doing too bad. And so um, with that, I just want to say go Grizz. Any closing thoughts, Amy? Um, I think we just have to roll the dice and see what they do the rest of the season. Um, I 
given everything that they've been through, like you almost are surprised that they that they aren't at a, a worse spot. So really, they can really only go up from here as far as what they can develop for the rest of the season. So just kind of tinker around with it with next year in mind and, you know, um, try and keep everybody healthy. Um, but, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and just have fun. I mean, have fun. I mean, see uh, what other uh, players that Vince Williams Jr. going to stop. Um, see how many uh, points Jaren Jackson Jr. is going to average at the end of the season. See if Desmond Bain going to make the All-Star, you know. The All-Star break coming up. I mean, he's doing really good. Um, hey, if they keep winning at home and they have, like, say, for instance, um, you know, like at 500 or so um, before the All-Star break, maybe he would get a chance to be um, an All-Star in Indiana, his home state. So who knows? But I thank you guys for um, being on with me. You know, this talk, I'm not feeling well, but I had to get this podcast out. Amy and I had a good talk yesterday, um, about 30 <laughs> minutes, and uh, technology couldn't record or whatever. So 48 minutes yeah. of si- all silence. I, I I really did almost throw my phone across the room. I was so mad. Um, I do hope you feel better, though. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you guys. Um, we'll talk to you guys next time. Good night. Uh, night, y'all. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.